Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> We have teamed up with Podchaser. Podchaser is the IMDb, LinkedIn, Goodreads or Letterboxd of podcasting. And they've put together a fantastic giveaway that we're running this month. So listeners who leave a review of The Other Stories or an episode of The Other Stories on Podchaser by the 30th of August will be entered into a giveaway to win an Other Stories swag package consisting of a t-shirt, a mug and a TOS poster. So to be with a chance to win, head over to podchaser.com forward slash the other stories and leave a review. Once again, that's podchaser, as in a podcast or a pod of some sort, and you are chasing it because it's got your favourite cake. Podchaser.com forward slash the other stories and leave a review. Today's episode is Sweet Sixteenth, written by Chris Kelso and narrated by Justin Fife. The alien craft hovered ominously above the verticals of Bethlehem Tower, watching every betrayal that went on in the streets of Santa Rosa. Stan Kandara stood outside the drugstore, waiting for the clerk's screams, waterboarded by his own sweat. He hadn't slept all night, but the constant surges of adrenaline and cortisol kept him on edge, kept him focused. This was Stan's first holdup, his first job with the Norteño. No one knew his plan to screw them out of the stolen money. He heard the register ching open, then three gunshots that sounded like M80 firecrackers going off. No one screamed, though. They must have killed the clerk before removing his pinky this time. The festive cries of teenagers filled the Roslyn night sky. A bottle rocket sent a spiraling arm into the starless atmosphere, exploded against the deflector shield of the alien vessel, and dispersed fiery shards of light over Santa Rosa. The craft cast a great hemicircular shadow 
over the Kendara household. You had to travel three blocks just to get away from its ghost. Tonight's the night she's been waiting for. She's not a little girl anymore. Celeste's mother thought it'd be funny to get the DJ to play Neil Sadaka. Mother, please, Celeste groaned, gesturing towards a group of tall, good-looking boys from her class. Her mother clucked dismissively, started braiding her daughter's hair into a ponytail as if she were still an eight-year-old on her way to ballet practice. Now she's a teenage dream, her future all sewn up. What? This is a great song, Simrosa. Is it really? Celeste raised an eyebrow. You know, I can't believe my little Samrosa is 16 years old. Her mother trailed off, whimpering the word 16 years old, and Celeste groaned again. Come on, Mama. The party had gathered a decent turnout. Friends and family milled around the small garden plot. People were eating the cake and mingling well. Peaches and cream. Sweet 16. The evening had been a success, but Celeste wasn't happy. She was turning 16 and her brother Stan wasn't at the party. Celeste knew Stan was getting into trouble with the Cambodians. She knew that right now, he was in some sort of grave danger. A stricken crow landed on the garden patio with a thwomp and made everyone inhale their virgin mojitos. A new noise from the sky silenced the revelries completely. A metal creaking against metal and a deafening junkyard-style cacophony. Groundwater, sand and soil combined in liquefaction. Celeste could hear the chaos from the streets. Sometimes she couldn't feel her heart beating. She was already worried enough about her brother. Now this... While it often made strange noises from time to time, the craft never moved. Just hung in the clouds like a hunk of deformed scrap metal and crime continued to go unpunished since its arrival three years ago. So it wasn't God, everyone assumed. Stan kept one hand clutched to the butt of his 9mm, which rested on the inside pocket of his motorcycle jacket, and prepared himself to open fire on anyone dumb enough to ask questions. Any minute now, he'd have to take off down the alleyway and through four burnt-out lots with the rest of the Norteño. Stan couldn't afford to let himself feel guilty about missing Celeste's sweet 16th. He was doing this for her. She was still just a little girl, and she idolized him. Stan couldn't let her down. Kraft shrieked overhead, and Stan's feet swam on seismic waves. A sheet of tempered glass cracked and shattered from a phone booth across the road. He had to get off the streets. Go! Go! He heard voices behind him. The Norteño gathered in a loading dock of an abandoned warehouse on 3rd Street. The craft was still moaning outside for longer than usual, and the factory windows rumbled in their casements. Stan and the rest of the gang lay their ill-gotten gains onto a table. Three hundred dollars in marked bloodstained bills, a clerk's severed pinky finger, and a consignment of Adderall Xanax Ritalin and Oxycontin tablets. Stan looked at the wad of crushed notes, and his eyes glittered. Already he was thinking about how he'd pocket the money when no one was looking get Celeste those Bajoran earrings she always wanted. Che appeared, hued purple from the JJ-108. He had a book in one hand and a sawed-off shotgun in the other. Everyone went silent. Decent haul, chiques, but okay. 
I got a message this morning. Sweet 16. Stan choked. He tried to clear his mind of Celeste. There was a feeling that even having her in his thoughts around these people was dangerous. Che claimed to have a direct line to the craft. The aliens were sending him messages from the sky. People believed him. Stan also believed him and sometimes suspected Che utilized alien perception technology to read minds of his gang. There were enough esoteric books laying around to suggest the leader of the Norteños knew his stuff as far as alien philosophy went. But he was insane. Stan knew he was insane. Che said it was only a matter of time until they came to collect him. What's sweet 16? A lumbering, shirtless Norteño called Tango asked. Age of consent, chique, he replied and looked at Stan. Celeste looked up at the ten-mile-broad hull of the craft, all manner of worst-case scenarios tearing through her mind. She felt a big arm hook around her shoulder and pull her in. Celeste's father squeezed his daughter reassuringly. They both gaped northwards. I heard the government sent in thermal drones, managed to penetrate the shield. I bet they're detonating those, um, what are they called again, uh, logic bombs as we speak. I bet that's what the noise is. Uh, I bet the ship will be shutting down from the inside. You think? Sure, my little Samrosa. This is the greatest country in the world. No one is a threat to us, not with our military. Maybe, the girl eventually replied, still transfixed by the vessel's vastness. I'm sure Stan is safe, wherever he is. Celeste and her father could make out the faint sound of a shop alarm humming in the distance. The craft ceased its creaking but the rattling of railroad tracks running parallel to Wilson Street shook the warehouse walls. Che idly pawed through the galley of stolen bills and pills with one hand. Shotgun rested against his leg. Sweet 16, ribbons and curls, he repeated. Che threw the book onto the table, and Stan craned his neck to see the title. The World's 16 Crucified Saviors by Kersey Graves. Okay, Check this, chicas. Jesus was not a man, okay? But 16 alien god saviors who had been crucified, and this shit right now is their descent back into the underworld. The two Norteños sitting at the table playing pinochle stopped. They were accustomed to chase diatribes, but this was a new development. Tabs of JJ-108 and a book about the Bjornstad-Feltic Blood Sea were scattered on the table in lieu of cash. Innocence has more than a single voice. You think the El Salvadorians know anything about it? I saw a few Lamara near Chevy's and outside the Flying Goat Coffee this morning, asked Tengo, not sure what else to say. Don't be fucking dumb. Che wiped the sweat from his mutilated palms across his naked chest. He never wore a shirt, his body a living tapestry of national pride, and served as a visual account of his life on the streets of Santa Rosa. When he was being squared in, Stan learned what each tattoo meant, and it was important to know if he wanted to be a certified Norteño. 
It was important to know that the scars between Che's fingers showed that he killed his own family members before, and that the burn marks across his palms meant he was the Big Tom. It was important to know that the four T's down his left arm stood for Tien, money, two, prison, toy, crime, and tra, revenge. And that Che had a giant ibis tattooed across his torso because he was a proud Cambodian. Stan also learned that Che was one of the first refugees liberated from prison, before eventually being released into the U.S. all those years back. But then, the chances of a Cambodian refugee with a criminal record getting immigrant status was impossibly low. So after fleeing the genocidal Khmer Rouge, Che started the Norteño Street Gang and squared in every member personally, including Stan. He lost his mind when the aliens arrived. A Norteño called Tipa passed Che a bottle of Johnny Walker Red. He swigged from the bottle and wiped away the residue with the heel of his hand. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Sorry to tell you this, chicas, okay? But all these drugs and money are useless to me now, eh? This time is so near, and Ibis, me, is the 17th alien savior of Earth. I'm going to the roof. Boarding commences soon, okay? Just wait. You'll see. All these snakes in the grass will become apparent in time. Che grabbed his sawed-off shotgun by the barrel and headed to the fire exit leading to the roof. He turned back to the two Norteño playing pinochle and said, I still want you to mail the clerk's pinky to the fucking Vietnamese. Che had this strange wrist apparatus which Stan initially thought was a fancy watch. He'd push a button and an interface would purl into life. Che would talk to the device and it seemed to communicate back to him in code language. It looked undeniably alien. Still, Che didn't seem to suspect Stan of betrayal. And anyway, the money was useless to Che now. So maybe it was fair game to take it? It was his god versus the 16 gods in the sky. Neil Sadaka came on the old one-button radio. The doorbell rang. Celeste opened the door, but there was no one there. Is it Stan? Celeste's mother called. She didn't reply. On the mat was a present wrapped in green bamboo fiber paper and tied together with pretty red ribbon. It had a gift tag attached that read Sweet Sixteen. It must have been from Stan. Celeste's heart fluttered back into life, and she remembered what it was like to be young and out of the shadow of the craft. But when Celeste tore the package free of its paper, her gut lurched, and suddenly she realized this might not be such a friendly gift after all. Inside was a black velvet box. It was only big enough to contain a small item. A pair of Bajoran earrings. A charm. A bloody pinky. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Sweet 16th was written by Chris Calso, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Duncan Muggleton with music by Umcorps and Tom Robson, and sound effects were provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration is provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Chris Calso is a British Fantasy Award-nominated, multi-translated genre writer, illustrator, and anthologist. His work has been published in 3AM Magazine, Black Static, Locus, Interzone, Daily Science Fiction, Antipodean, SF, SF Signal, Dark Discoveries, The Lovecraft, Ezine, Sensitive Skin, 
evergreen review verbicide, The Unquiet Dreamer, a literary tribute to Harlan Ellison and many others. If you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Story, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and pledge as little as a dollar a month. You can join our book club and movie club and chat about the podcast over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. T-shirts and mugs are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver. It's brought to you with Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.